Welcome to your Bright Recovery Podcast, where we celebrate your story of recovery and resilience. I'm your host, Caroline Beidler. Hey, everybody. Caroline here. It is a big day, okay? I am really thrilled to be launching the Bright Recovery Podcast with you all. And, you know, everything I do is about you and celebrating your story of recovery and resilience because I know that when we celebrate our stories, something miraculous can happen. When we share our struggles, something transformative can happen. And I am very excited to see what will come from this podcast. And hopefully, part of what will come from this podcast will be some encouragement and inspiration for you and, of course, connection. So our first podcast titled, Let's Be Friends. I am going to be doing a talk in a couple weeks for the State Conference for Oxford Homes in North Carolina. So I'm really excited to be joining my friends in North Carolina. And I thought I would share a little bit about what I'm going to be talking to these ladies about, which is friendship in recovery. So I'm just going to be real with you all, okay? I'm nervous. I am nervous to be here. I am nervous to be traveling in a couple weeks. It is not something that comes naturally to me, but I have learned in my own recovery and thanks to the amazing support of some incredible mentors that stepping outside of my comfort zone, you may have heard that expression, stepping into the uncomfortable can be where God meets us and where we are able to help others the most. So I'm going to get real with you for a minute. And I've learned in recovery that if it isn't real, it's not going to challenge or change us, right? I've spent plenty of years hiding, in hiding, both uh, literally and figuratively. And that space, that hiding place did not challenge or change me at all. So in the spirit of getting real, I'm just going to get real with you all and let you know, I grew up not liking women very much, okay? I maybe had, you know, a friend here or there, but I had a hard time liking women or feeling comfortable around women or men for that matter, or myself. And I want to say too, you know, if someone like me started talking to me about something like friendship, and especially if I saw this person in person, where would my mind go? Well, instantly, probably to some judgmental place, right? Now, if we were in a room together, you might look at me and say, what is she wearing? Does she not know that was trending like a decade ago? Wow, her nose looks a lot bigger in person. And her wrinkles, her forehead wrinkles. Dang, that girl needs a filter. Or you know what? She's probably pretty rich or her daddy's rich or maybe her daddy's a preacher. I don't like her. Then if this person, this woman like me, maybe started saying something, anything really, I'd immediately tune it out with some of these other thoughts, these judgments. Why? Well, hating is a lot safer, isn't it? If I hate you, then I don't have to like you, and I don't have to get to know you, and I don't have to let you get to know me. 
One of the scariest things for me in active addiction and early recovery was being known. I think this is partly why I turned to what I like to call counterfeit intimacy. Now, I won't give you too many details. Maybe some of you all are eating right now, but for me, sex is on the top of this list. I could take my clothes off or let you take my clothes off and feel intimacy, physical intimacy, usually not the greatest. But when I felt physical intimacy, I didn't have to get emotionally intimate. And this is where it can really hurt, can't it? When we're emotionally close. So you can probably imagine I didn't have friends most of my life. Now, sure, I had people I got high with, mostly men, some ladies. I had people that cared about me, certainly. People I sort of connected with. But again, there was this separation, this emotional separation. Funny how getting high creates space between us. Now I'd like to do a little exercise. Maybe you're sitting next to someone. Maybe you're in the car. Maybe you're, maybe you're alone. But I want you to envision sitting next to someone that you don't know, a stranger. I want you to think about moving your chairs face to face with this person, making eye contact, not looking away than sharing your deepest, darkest fear with them. Okay, you ready? Ready to find your stranger? Okay, I'm just kidding. I've actually had to do this. (laughs) I'm not going to have you do this today, although I'd encourage you maybe to try it at some point. But this shows how sometimes this type of intimacy, often regularly this type of intimacy, especially with women, we may not know well, or even with women, we do, how it's scary. Did your palms get sweaty? Did your heart start racing a bit faster? Did you have to leave to answer that text? Maybe you're not even listening anymore. Oh, I hope you do. But if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you, right? Now, we're all friends here, ladies, even if you may have some of those same thoughts about me that I would probably have about me if I were in your spot. I want you to know that as women in recovery, we have a shared experience that connects us. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside, what we do for work or don't, what we've been through, what color our prison jumpsuit was, if our kids still haven't been returned home, or if we're sneaking around still getting high. We all have things that connect us. Did you know that research says, and when I say that, I'm envisioning a bunch of fancy people with some fancy degrees and uh, maybe some fancy books. Research says that over 80% of us have been through trauma. I'd like to argue, especially over the last couple years, this is probably a low number. Most of us have lived through some horrible relationships. Many of us struggle with depression, anxiety, or have post-traumatic stress. Some of us may worry about where we're going to live, what we're going to do. Again, it doesn't matter what your struggle is. This is certain. We all have one. Or more than one. We all struggle. Again, it doesn't matter what your struggle is. This is certain. We all have one. Or more than one. We all struggle. And that is the beauty of recovering together. Of being friends on this journey towards healing. We can be real with each other. 
And what better place to get real than right where you are? Right where you are. Now, I'd like to tell you a story about a time I realized that I had friends. Real friends. At a place called Connections Counseling back in Wisconsin. Yes, I am from the U.S. and I am from the North, folks. All right, don't hold it against me. I met a girl named Alex. And I met all sorts of amazing young people. I was a young person at that time. And one of my first experiences at a, an event, called them sober events, where we were all re- in recovery, was a New Year's Eve dance. And I was terrified, okay? First of all, being sober through a New Year's. I had never felt comfortable dancing, never in my life, not drunk or on drugs, even drugs that were make, supposed to make you feel like a dancing queen. Once I even went to a Limp Biscuit concert. Okay, that dates me. Do you remember Limp Biscuit? Uh, you can roll your eyes there. I went to a Limp Biscuit concert, high as a kite, didn't stand up once except to find some water. So I was terrified to go to this sober event, and so I did what any respectable, newly sober woman did. I tried to dig up the most going clubbing outfit I could find in my closet, a black sequin top. Never wore it, but I bought it on a whim and I found my tight gray skirt and I worked on a zero dollar clothing budget, working magic, adding belts and tights and red lips. And I looked in the mirror and thought I looked pretty decent for someone who was sober. I arrived by myself and scanned the room for the people I knew from group. Tanya, Emily, L, Rachel, Suzanne, Allen. There were tables of food and cookies someone's mom dropped off and 20 bottles of sparkling grape juice. I remember thinking, thank God there's a smoking section. I was terribly nervous to be doing anything sober at this time, let alone a mocktail event. And it was horrible. Until some of us started gravitating towards each other in our awkwardness, in our shared awkwardness and shared humanity. We started dancing. Now, one of the group members from Connections Counseling was a DJ who donated his time, brought all of his equipment, including flashing rainbow lights. It felt like a real live dance floor. And let me just say, he was a dapper fellow. Think Don Draper from Mad Men, only not a jerk. He played music that I know was cool at the time, but I was not quite cool enough, so I'd never heard of it. The party was amazing, and once I shed my skin of over-the-top self-consciousness, you know what I'm talking about, and ate some of the fresh-baked mom cookies, the beats made me move like I was born that way, even though I wasn't. I'm not sure why I thought back then that because it was a sober party, it would include counterfeit items and decor, a strobe light that only looked like a strobe light, for example. How did sober people party or have fun anyways? not to mention be friends. At points, an introvert in recovery as well. Can you believe that I pulled people by the hand, encouraging them to join the circle as we shook our heads and hair back and forth and swayed and did the Irish jig, the lawnmower, the floss, I think that's what it's called, whatever felt right. The lights flashed. My fear dissolved with every beat. It was the most fun I ever had. I was 29 years old and for the first time in my life having good old-fashioned fun. No alcohol needed. No drugs needed. 
No men I didn't really like. Shy, reserved, introverted, book nerd scared me, but scared me could dissolve. Like pop rocks in your mouth. Pop, smiles, crackled, laughter, and slowly others lost their inhibitions too. And not in the false way that alcohol or other drugs help you, quote, relax. This was the real deal. Really letting go. Soon all of us were moving and smiling and forgetting ourselves. And it was so beautiful. I was also learning how to be community. In community with other people. I was learning how to be a friend. And importantly, I was learning how to be a friend to myself. A lesson God knew I needed. At the dance, I headed out to an outdoor patio where groups were again congregating and talking in smaller groups. Just a side note here, if you want to provide any type of addiction recovery support, make sure to have a smoking section. The air was cold, but almost no one had their coats on. Dancing made our necks sticky with sweat, and it felt good to step into the almost January air. The sky was black with pinholes of light. I breathed in and then exhaled slowly, and as I looked around, I felt a new sense of calm. Usually being in crowds, especially when men were around, made me nervous. Sometimes I had flashbacks from that night at the bar, and my hands would sweat and I would feel the weight of a door being pushed into me. How it felt to realize there was nothing I could do. Powerless. By the time of the dance, I was still powerless, powerless over my addictions and much of my past and my life, unmanageable it had become. But around this powerlessness, something new was being formed. A community of brokenness somehow, mysteriously, incredibly added strength. Now I could be with other people, even strangers, and not feel scared. I could hear music in a dark room and see those terrible pictures in my mind dissolve, disappear. I could feel tiny snowflakes hit my face and not think about him. God was doing a new thing. I was being led in a new way. I remember at this dance, I started wondering if maybe the magic ingredient of resilience is connection. Now, if you don't remember anything about this podcast today, I think one of the key things, one of the key takeaways is this. Remember this. It's okay to be known. In fact, it's better. And guess what? You are not only known, but loved. And you, lovely person, are deserving of friendship, to be a friend, to have friends. And whether you're on this recovery journey today, whether you're thinking about starting it, know this, you will never be alone. Let's be friends. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, I've got some great free resources and tools to guide your recovery journey at brightstoryshine.com.